Now, recently we learned the province will be sending British Columbians to Bellingham uh, to reduce wait times uh, in our province. As of early last week, about 87 patients have been referred by their oncologist through BC Cancer uh, for radiation therapy treatment in Bellingham. About 38 had booked uh, travel to the city. Now, it's estimated by the province that 4,800 patients will use the Bellingham option over the next couple of years. During the same period, BC is expected to see approximately 1,000 new patients uh, requiring radiation treatment. But I think for a lot of folks, the idea of Canadians having to go to Bellingham for cancer treatment, it doesn't sit well with us. So we have a, 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 a publicly funded healthcare system. It's not perfect, uh, but certainly uh, we need to do better, uh, especially if uh, we are sending uh, patients to the United States. It just doesn't work for many British Columbians. Uh, recently, uh, Como Television, based out of Seattle, traveled up to Vancouver to talk to our health minister, Adrian Dix, about the fact that Canadians are now coming to Bellingham or will be going to Bellingham for cancer treatment. Take a listen to that story. A doctor has, has told somebody they need the radiation therapy. Yes. British Columbia is going to pick somebody up, bust them, take them across the border, get them through customs and border security and right. get them to the clinic and if need be, spend the night for multiple days of therapy. Right. That's British Columbia Health Minister Adrian Dix, who has made the drastic decision to send hundreds of breast and prostate cancer patients across the international border for radiation treatment. Why didn't you anticipate this? I mean, if you knew that there was going to be a a, a patient load that you couldn't fulfill. First of all, we have had significant increase in population in BC. Secondly, and this is uh, important, we have specific problems. Uh, with machines, but I don't think people who are suffering right now and in this immediate period should have to wait when there's an option that was available to us to address it right away. That will mean the Canadian government will spend up to $39 million a year in Whatcom County. Dix says this will cost the province $12,000 for every patient and every visit, but he is unequivocal that this will only be temporary. It will be. No ifs, ands, or buts. No ifs, ands, or buts. Do you still feel that Canada has a better health system? Let's look at the facts. Infant mortality, way better. Life expectancy, way better. Health inequality, way better. Response to COVID-19, way better, right? I mean dramatically better. At every level of care, the Canadian system does better than the American system. And yet we still send Canadians to Bellingham. Well, our next guest uh, has been uh, looking at this story closely. Brishti Basu is a freelance journalist and editor based in Victoria. And she recently published a story uh, on the fact that uh, we are sending British Columbians down to Bellingham. Brishti, thank you for joining us today. Thanks for having me, Jeff. So walk me through a little bit. You've been talking to a lot of doctors here uh, in British Columbia and some patients. Uh, What was the overall picture that emerged for you? Basically, I think the takeaway is that we don't actually know how many people are going to take BC up on this offer to go to Bellingham or be even be able to because of certain eligibility requirements and limitations. Um, one of the first things I wanted to do after listening to this announcement and being assigned the story by the TAI mm-hmm. um, was to find out what some of those, those logistical details are. Um, so right now what we know is that it is a little bit limited in its scope because um, it's A, for breast cancer and prostate cancer patients, and also because tr- um, it's only eligible for those whose treatment courses last around five days. Um, it, it's not clear whether it could be extended to more than that later on, but mm-hmm. for now that's something to keep an eye on. 
and and would that just be partially be this program is just starting up and and as they ramp up um uh, they may be hopefully be able to expand it and include more people potentially yes um the the other limitations or or perhaps considerations that were brought up by patients and, and people close to cancer care in BC is the, the, the process of getting to Bellingham and, and people going there um, when they are so sick. So, for example, I talk, when I talked to a patient who is a 54-year-old woman with terminal breast cancer, um, she highlighted some of those reasons, like a lapsed passport that's going to take a long time to renew because she was, wasn't traveling during the pandemic. Mm-hmm. But also this assumption that cancer patients all have strong community connections and people who would be able to go with them to the U.S., um, even though it has been kind of uh, lauded by people that um, that the province is paying for all of these things, they're paying for travel accommodations. Um, there's practical considerations at the border, and also, as as this patient pointed out, um, you'll find cancer patients talking about how people disappear from their lives because they don't know how to process grief and death. Hmm. Um, Adrian Dix also said something similar in a, in a statement when I asked him some of these questions that. Some people choose to stay in BC. Some people were not eligible to travel, and some people didn't have someone who could go with them. Um, what are the doctors saying to you? You talk. I'm assuming you talk to doctors here uh, in in British Columbia. What kind of things are you hearing from them? So uh, I'll start by saying that I reached out to a number of BC cancer oncologists as well as oncologists across the border. Mm-hmm. Um, no one in BC would answer any questions about this specific program. Um, all roads were directed to the BC Health Ministry. And then in the U.S., um, I talked to one oncologist at North Cascade um, Cancer Center, which is one of the clinics that mm-hmm. people are being sent to. And he said that the BC Health Ministry has asked them not to talk about the program and how it's going specifically. And Okay, so I, the medical fraternity is not saying much, is what you're saying, uh, saying to me. Yeah. But uh, yes, I did, I, I did talk to doctors, um, a family doctor in Victoria who pointed out that, yes, this is, a, this is a good thing. It's a good step because it is a relief to the backlog of patients who have been waiting for radiation therapy in D.C. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's also, of course, a disappointment, and it doesn't address other parts of the system that need need help. For example, p- the number of people waiting for a medical oncologist consult um, and the number of people waiting for tertiary services like MRI scans or, or diagnos- diagnostics and screening. Uh, I'm, I'm curious, can the two clinics actually handle all of this? If, 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 if our government is saying that, look, we hope to have 1,400 British Columbians, 1,400 patients use the Bellingham option, can those clinics handle that many people? That's that's a good question. It's it's something that I that um, a couple of people have raised, including Dr. Sanjeev Gandhi um, and Dr. Michael Cox, who is a researcher at the Prostate Cancer BC. Mm-hmm. Um, how do we know whether these clinics can handle? And, and that's that's a question that the BC Health Ministry hasn't answered, and we don't know. Um, we don't know from the clinics either. I, I guess if, if, if you're a for-profit clinic, uh, if somebody com- comes along and offers you business, you're going to find a way to, to make sure you can say yes because it is ultimately uh, for-profit. You're a private hospital. Yeah, that's exactly the point that uh, Dr. Gandhi made. He, uh, he used to work in the U.S. for 17 years, um, and this is a quote. He said, it's not a thing to say no to patients when you're a private hospital. You always say yes because it's a for-profit business south of the border. Um, uh- 
Yeah. Yeah, you were mentioning Amber, uh, the 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 uh, Burnaby resident. Um, did she think this was a good idea overall? I know you you talked about some of the concerns that she had, but did she think of it as a good idea that ultimately, look, we have backlog here in Canada, and if it means at least for two years, four years, we use a Bellingham model in this case because it is close by, it does take some of that pressure off our system so we can get our own people through here as well. Mm-hmm. I can't speak for whether she thinks it's a good idea overall, but she did say that she would not take them up on it um, if she had been offered a chance to go to the U.S. for any part of her treatment herself. Um, and some of those reasons were mentioned earlier. But um, uh, overall, I mean, if you look at cancer care in B.C. overall, depending on where you are in the province, if you live in a rural community, for example, you're going to have to travel to a lower mainland or to Victoria anyway, um, pay for travel accommodations, find a place to stay. Mm-hmm. And those things are not covered. So um, whereas for people who are traveling to the U.S., they are covered by the province. So that's not to say that this is a, a good long-term solution, but you know, those are the considerations and the things to keep an eye on. Yeah. Brishti, thank you so much for your time today. I really appreciate it. Thanks so much for having me.